0: This morning, um, I want to continue our anchor series, and we're going to look at baptism. And I love baptisms. I absolutely love them. And I think if you've heard me talk about them before, whether I have been announcing that we're having them, or I've had the privilege of speaking about baptism before, I think you'll have picked up on my enthusiasm for baptisms. But sometimes when we talk about them, sometimes we talk about baptism and it can bring up very strongly held convictions or feelings that people have around the whole idea of baptism and how we do it and who should be baptized and when we should do it and who's allowed and who's not allowed and all those sorts of conversations. And sometimes it's even with people who don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, but they seem to have this very strong held conviction about how it should be done, when it should be done and who it should be done to. Do you ever notice that? It's just one of those subjects when you mention it, sometimes those things come up. But very often, the whole idea and the view of baptism that people hold, it's not because of um, the research they've done into it, but it's more than likely to be how they've been raised, how they've been told it should be, rather than anything that they've really looked at for themselves. Um, And if you've never been brought up in church... And if that's never been your experience, um, I could imagine that if you walked into church next Sunday and you've never been around church and you've never been around known or reading the scriptures or knowing what this whole idea of baptism is, you might be a wee bit freaked out next Sunday to see whole grown people going into a pool and allowing someone to dunk them onto the water and bring them back out again. Hopefully that's usually what happens. We don't keep them onto the water for any longer than a, a couple of seconds. Because it can seem a wee bit strange. It's like, what? What, what's this all about? Why are they doing this? What's the significance? What's the point? And the church, the big C, um, has two main approaches to baptism. And one is to baptize or christen people, mainly babies, into the church by sprinkling them with water. Older children or adults can also be baptized in this way and it is seen as an important act so that they can become a member of that particular part of the church that they want to, be, to become a participant of. The other approach is one that we take here in Vineyard and it's believer baptism by total immersion. Basically that means that it's someone who has personally decided that they are going to follow Jesus with their life, that they have repented of their sin, that they have realised that their need of Jesus in their life, that they have fully surrendered their life to him and they are publicly declaring that in the act of baptism. And it's by full immersion, which later on we'll find out why that is an important aspect of it. Um, Our boys were little. Um, They all became Christians when they were quite small, and they were longing to be baptized right from the beginning. Because as we'll see, the biblical way of baptism was believe, Um, and be baptized straight away so they were like well why can't we just get baptized straight away so I was a really bad pastor actually I was like oh no 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 not yet not yet and now looking back on it do you know what I should just let them do it because actually they had baptized each other so many times in our bath already before they ever got baptized here and they used to call it baptizing that was their that's how young they were they used to but sometimes though sometimes depending on uh, which brother was being the most annoying. Sometimes they would hold them onto the water just a little bit too long and mum would have to come in and rescue them and make sure that there was a resurrection actually happening in the bathroom. So this morning I have three questions that I want us to look at. Why did Jesus get baptised? Why do we baptise believers? And why should you get baptised if you haven't already been baptised before? The first one, why did Jesus get baptized. So if you turn with me to Matthew 3 verses 11 to 16, there's some Bibles here if anyone needs one, um, Jason and Chrissy, I'll pass them out to you. Any hands up, anyone wants a Bible, um, borrow it, take it home, whatever. Matthew 3 verses 11 to 16. Are we there, yeah? Great. I, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him and a voice from heaven said this is my son whom i love with him i am well pleased one of the simplest reasons for being baptized is jesus did it so i will now there's nothing wrong with that motivation or reasoning we as followers of jesus as christians we are apprentices of jesus which include doing What he did. But this week I really started mulling over the why, but why did Jesus get baptized? Why did he come to John and ask to be baptized? You see, the other people who were coming to John at that time for baptism, they were doing it because it was a sign of their repentance. The Holy Spirit was already at work convicting people of their sins. And John was preparing the way for Jesus to come, the Saviour, the Messiah. And they were already aware of their need of a Messiah. They were already aware of their sin and their brokenness in their lives. So these people were coming along to John and they were being baptized as a sign that they were aware of their need of a Messiah, that they were aware of their sin, that there was a sign of repentance. But Jesus, he was without sin. He didn't need to repent. Jesus didn't need to symbolically or otherwise be washed clean of anything. But here we find at the very beginning of his public ministry, he chooses to do something that looks very unnecessary but very important for us. It was something that was completely unnecessary for him. Jesus didn't need to be baptized, but actually it was, very, it was a very important act for us. So, what was Jesus really doing when he came to John and asked to be baptized? Very often we skip straight to verse 17. And the verse 17 says this And a voice from heaven said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And very often that's where we skip to and we go, Okay, so Jesus was baptized because he was going to be validated by the Father. This was an act that Jesus was going to do because he knew it would please the Father. And the Father would pour out his Holy Spirit on him and everyone would know ah this is god's son this was going to be the beginning of jesus ministry this was going to be the beginning of god's approval on everything that jesus would do for the next three years of his ministry here on earth and jesus baptism is a huge moment for all of these things for all of those reasons yes god did approve of him god showed and audibly and very clearly showed and identified with jesus in his baptism and said, this is my son. But there's also something much more subtle and just as profound in Jesus being baptized. Jesus, when he stepped into those waters of baptism with John, he is identifying himself not with God in his baptism, but he is identifying with us. He is identifying with us as people who are facing judgment and needing to repent. That's why John is absolutely horrified. He realizes when he sees Jesus come and walking towards him, he's like, this is the one. I can hear a song in my head. I'm not going to sing it. Anyway, <laughs> But it's like he's going, this is him. This is the Messiah. This is the person I've been clearing the way for. This is the person that I've been telling of and speaking of who's going to come. Here he is coming towards me. And I don't know what John had envisaged in his mind, but we know in the verses before that he is expecting some kind of fire and wind and some big moment to happen. And instead of all that, Jesus humbly steps into the water, just like everyone else. He steps into the water, just like everyone else. And he says, I'm with you. See all of you people here who are in need of me, of need of a Savior. See all you people that feel broken and bruised by your sin and are weary and worn down with it. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm identifying with you. It was another saying that, that Jesus had left his godliness behind in heaven and he was coming and he was walking and living with humanity. And I was thinking about this this morning. Do you think in that moment that Jesus, having lived as a man for 30 years, do you not think he was aware of the difficulty it is to live as a human being in this world? He knew our sorrows. He knew how difficult it was to live a life without sin. He knew everything that we faced. He knew the evil that encroaches on all of our lives at all the time. He knew that. He knew the weight of that. He knew the hardship of that. And he identifies with us in that by stepping into the waters of baptism. Jesus steps into the water and he looks at John and he says, you must baptize me. This is the beginning of the unfolding of God's rescue of humanity. And it begins right here in this water. Jesus in that moment is symbolizing that I am going to take your place. I am going to take your place. Even right here in the water, he is prophesying of his own death. He is prophesying of his own death to come and he's saying, I'm going to step right in to the water with you, and I am going to carry this your sin, and I'm going to carry the weight of death, and I'm going to crush it on the cross. Jesus' baptism was a powerful earth-changing moment. Where Jesus, as God's Son, was identifying fully with us as broken, sinful people, and proclaiming through this symbolic act of baptism, the salvation through him that was to come. And God the Father seals this moment. God the Father doesn't just approve of Jesus in that moment, but he approves of what Jesus is doing and identifying with us. Can you see that? There's just this... I've just been overwhelmed this week that Jesus at the very beginning of his, of his ministry, at the very beginning of him stepping up and stepping into what would be an incredible three years of his life, a three years of his life that would change the entire world and the entire history and future of the entire world and humanity. And in that moment, he doesn't choose to ride in victorious and triumphant. He chooses to walk into the water and say, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm here for you. Jesus just seems to, everywhere he goes, look for the humble way, doesn't he? I was remembering this morning of Palm Sunday. It's Palm Sunday. Um, We didn't sing Hosanna. Hosanna. I was a bit sad about that. I like singing Hosanna on Palm Sunday. Um, And we didn't have any wee leaves or anything this this year either, but we'll do that maybe next year again. But I was thinking of Jesus this morning on the donkey. And again, there's this moment where Jesus is moving towards the cross. Three years on from this moment. Jesus is moving towards the final act of his life. The one that would change everything. And how does he come? As the humblest of the humblest kings on a donkey. There's no white horse. There's no big charger coming in. He comes in humility again. And I think I fall more in love with him because of it. There's no one like him, is there? There's actually no one like him. We see the father pours out the Holy Spirit on Jesus as he comes out of the water. And there's a dove of the Holy Spirit comes and rests on him. And the father identifies with Jesus as his son in Jesus' baptism. Jesus identifies with us in his baptism. And guess what we get to do? We get to identify with Jesus in our baptism. I love this invitation. I love the invitation for us to identify with Jesus in our baptism, just like He already has identified with us. And just as the Father lovingly pours out Holy Spirit on Jesus at His baptism, He does the same to us in ours and seals us with His love and approval. How could He not? See, the father loves the son, and when we choose to publicly declare our rebirth in Jesus by entering the waters of baptism, the father can't help himself but be overjoyed. Now, what I'm not saying is that we need to be baptized in any way to be saved, or just for our salvation to be sealed or anything like that. What I see baptism as is this beautiful invitation. It's just this beautiful invitation and identify identifying with Jesus in the water of baptism. So why do we baptize believers? The reason this is so important to us is, firstly, as you read the New Testament, you'll see that any time someone decided to follow Jesus, they would immediately get baptized. Quick references for you to look up when you go home this afternoon are Acts 2, 8 and 16. Dead easy. Two multiplied by eight equals 16. This is, I, I love it whenever there's wee things like this that I can remember. So Acts 2, 8, 16. And you will see in each of those accounts that someone hears the good news of Jesus. They uh, realize their need of him. They believe. They fully give their lives to Jesus. And immediately they're like, where's the water? Where can I be baptized? Baptism is also an act of obedience. In Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Jesus instructed his followers to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And in this, we are inviting the entire person of God to bless you at your baptism. And it's like we're sealing your baptism with the authority given to us in Jesus. You know when we pray or say in the name of What we're saying is that we're invoking the authority that God, that Jesus has. When we pray in the name of Jesus, um, I don't know if we still do it, but I remember years ago when I used to go to the prayer meetings in the Baptist, everyone at the end of the prayer, every time would pray in the name of Jesus. Nothing wrong with that. But what they're doing is they're saying in the name of Jesus, in his authority, in the authority that Jesus has, that he has now passed on to us, I am praying this prayer. And it is exactly the same in baptism. In Matthew 28, the Great Commission says, Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what that's saying is, I'm going to, in all authority, in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in the whole Godhead, we are baptizing you. We are putting our seal on you through baptism. Romans 6, if you'd like to turn with me, 1 to 11 we find Paul unwrapping baptism a bit more for us. And this symbolic significance, especially of it being b- believers that are being baptized. Romans 6, 1-11. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin, How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like this. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. And the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Paul again unwraps this, and he's talking about the identification is important. Because of Jesus' death, we don't have to actually physically die, but we die to our old selves when we are born again. And we identify with that death, the, his death for us, and the death in ourselves in our baptism. And our baptism is also a sign of the promise of being united with Jesus in his resurrection. When we come back up out of the water again, whenever you come back up out of the water again when you're being baptized, that is a, as a physical sign, a representation of resurrection. Under the water is death, in the water is, your, is burial, back out of the water again, his resurrection. It is this wonderful sign of it. When I got married 23 years ago yesterday, to this lovely man, that sounded like a wee bit of a pity clap, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't as celebratory as I was imagining in my head. Anyway, we're happy. Um, when we got married 23 years ago yesterday, Um, there's been times in the last 23 years when I've had to take my wedding ring off three of them being when I was pregnant and I puffed up like a puffer fish and I had to take the the ring off before it wouldn't come off Um, a few years later uh, I had to get it cut off that was a very sad day I really, that was a very sad day I had to get it cut off because I couldn't get it off anymore and I was panicking thinking oh my goodness my finger gonna fall off so anyway but those different times when I had to take off my wedding ring It didn't stop me being married because I'd taken it off. All of a sudden, I wasn't single again. Because this ring, it doesn't make me less married or committed to Jason. It's just symbolic. My wedding ring is a symbol of the promises and the commitment that we made all those years ago. And baptism is very similar. It doesn't make you into this next-level Christian, right? It doesn't automatically mean that you're going to be more holy. It doesn't mean any of those things. What it means is the moment you surrender your life to Jesus, that you are saved as you'll ever be. You are as much a Christian as you'll ever be in that moment, but baptism is telling the world that you belong to him. It's like when I have my wedding ring on, it is clear for the world to see that I'm married. And baptism is just simply this symbol of saying, do you know what? I belong to Jesus. Jesus. And I'm all ashamed of that fact. The word baptism is not a straight translation. It's actually a transliteration from the word baptizo. Baptizo is the original word, word in the Greek. And baptizo means to be drenched, immersed, or drowned. We're not drowning anybody next week, just to make that super clear. But that's what the actual Greek word means. It means to be drenched, immersed, or drowned. So the word baptizo in Greek wouldn't just have been used for the act of baptism. It would have also been used for whenever people were dyeing fabric, they would have said that they baptised it, the fabric because it was being completely immersed. Or if they were doing other things, they would also have used, so it was a common everyday word, this word baptizo. But there was a problem. In 1611, the King James version of the Bible was being translated. And prior to that time, the the English word baptize actually did not exist before 1611. We've got a history for you this morning. And here's a loose paraphrase of what happened. The scholars who were translating all the Greek words into English, they translated theos into God. They translated agape into love because that's what it meant. However, when they came to this Greek word, baptizo, if they had translated it into what it actually meant, they would have had to use the word like dip, submerge, immerse, plunge. But there was a problem. The church at this time had already stopped immersing people, total immersion, whenever people were being baptized. In fact, I think, and Jason could probably keep me right on this, it was probably 60, AD, 80. 80 but approximately 80 years after the church began in 80 AD, already at that early days of the church, the church had stopped full immersion of believers. Way back then, right back as far as that. And the main reason was for this, honestly, was convenience. It was easier to sprinkle someone as a sign and a symbol rather than for someone to be fully immersed in water. So right back to this word baptizo. So if we were to translate that Greek word straight into what it means in in English, it would be immerse, plunge, submerge. But if they had done that when they were translating the Bible in 1611, then they would have had to change the practice of the church. They would have had to have undone all those years of of practice and tradition of sprinkling instead of immersion. So what did they do? They created a whole new word. So, baptiz- baptism is actually what they did is they took the Greek letter for B and they wrote an English B, and they took for baptizo, they took the uh, Greek letter A and they wrote an English A, and so on until they developed this word called baptize. And by doing so, they were able to keep on continuing in the practice of sprinkling for baptism, and they didn't have to do the total immersion. Isn't that interesting? So through this practice of transliteration in this one word in Scripture, we have lost the power of the meaning of what it is to be baptized. So why should you get baptized? And this is the really important question. There's nothing magical about baptism. There's nothing spiritual about the water that we go into. You know, sometimes it's funny when um, I've talked to people who are Christians over the years, and maybe they've been Christians for a long, 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 long time. And they've never been baptized for many reasons. And it's almost like the longer people wait to do it, the bigger it becomes. And some people are like, well, do you know, I really want to get baptized in the Holy Land. That would just be perfect. So I'm just going to save up for that because that would just be like in the River Jordan. Like Jesus. That would just be the ideal place to do it. And I understand that. In fact, to be honest, can I be really honest? If I ever go to Jordan... I might take a wee dip anyway, just because it'd be so lovely to be in the same river as Jesus and all that. But that's, that's a whole other thing. And some people have dreams of that, but it's not the location that's important. The location of where or what water or what river or in a river or not in a river or any of those things. Do you know what's the most important thing? Is that you publicly identify yourself with Jesus among your friends and family. In a place where you are known. That's the most important thing. That you would publicly identify with Jesus. With Je- Jesus. <laughs> Take that off the of tape, Chrissy, please. I didn't quite say it. <laughs> that you would publicly identify with Jesus in your hometown, where you're known, among your friends and your family, where it feels a bit awkward, but where you're publicly saying, I long to him. You see, in the day of John's baptism, whenever John was baptizing people, he was doing it in the main thoroughfare. The river is where so much of life took place. There was boats coming and going, there was people washing their laundry. Um, one One of the things that I love when I'm in India is when you're driving along on the road beside rivers, you just see people washing their laundry in the rivers and then hanging them out on the grass or on the, the banks to dry and everything. And it always makes me think back to Jesus' time. But all oh, this hustle and bustle was going on. It wasn't in some wee quiet lane way up the road where no one saw. This was right in the main thoroughfare of life. And people could have heard John preaching and saying, Repent! Repent! The time has come. He was preparing the way for Jesus. And they would have publicly identified with that message by going down into the water and being baptized. Baptism is, there's an attitude about it of, I don't care who knows this. I want to blow my cover. I don't mind what people think about me. I'm forgiven and I've been saved by God's grace. What a powerful act again of Jesus to be baptized in public with everyone looking on. but publicly identifying with those who were publicly repenting and turning to God. It's this moment again where Jesus is saying, I don't need this, but I'm going I'm to get in on this. I'm going to get in on this. I want to be with you. I want to be with the people that his hearts are already turning towards me. And he steps in to baptism. We love baptisms here at VCD. As I said, it's one of my favorite celebrations. And I love it that we do them now on Easter Sunday, on Resurrection Sunday. It's just such a again a powerful visual of what jesus does in our lives and we love the celebration and we love that it's a big thing but sometimes i think we have a we're in danger of making it into too big a thing and what i mean by that is i think some of you are putting it off or you're wanting to feel something before you do it but this is not a graduation It's not a special birthday. It's not like your 21st or your 18th. It's not one of those moments. Yes, I get it. We want to celebrate. You want to have your people here with you. You And that's so important that you have your people here with you. I want you to celebrate afterwards, have a party. And most importantly, I want it to be your personal choice and decision to be baptized. But for me, the choice was made when you asked Jesus into your life and you fell under his grace. See, on the cross, he publicly declared that we belong to him. And in the waters of baptism, we publicly declare that we belong to him. I'm going to say that again. On the cross, he publicly declared that we would belong to him through the, the sacrifice and through his death through his resurrection, that we would belong to him. But in the waters of baptism, we get to publicly declare that we belong to him. There's nothing spiritual about the water, but there is something deeply sacred about being de- baptized. When you enter a relationship with God, some amazing stuff is happening on the inside of your life. It's all going on on the inside. When we make a commitment of our lives to Jesus Christ, there's a transformation that's taken place. It might not be seen immediately, but it happens. And it's a heart deal. It's in your heart. Your heart changes. You really are a new creation. And when you're baptized and you go underneath the water, it pictures your old life being gone. And when you're raised out of the water, it pictures that this is your new life now. You have this new life in Jesus See, I'm convinced that being baptized is a point of reference in our life. It's a declaration where you say, God, I'm coming with all my imperfections, my doubts, my sin, but I'm trusting you with all of my life, even though I don't have it all together, and even though I'm afraid. Sometimes people tell me that they'll get baptized when they're sure that they can stick at this being a Christian thing. That they want to be absolutely sure that they won't fail or they won't let Jesus down. But that is an absolute lie of the enemy. Your salvation is not based on your works. It's not based on how good you are as a Christian or if you let God down or not. Because by the way, I a wee spoiler for you you probably will fail him from time to time. We all do. Our salvation is dependent on one person alone and that's Jesus Christ. It is through his worthiness that we are made whole. It is through his strength that our weakness is made perfect. And if you're waiting to have your Christianity all together before you take the plunge, excuse the pun, then you're missing the point. Baptism is saying, I'm willing to be identified with God. And it's also saying that God is willing to be identified with me. I remember the day I got married. Jason put this ring on my finger and said, I'm yours. And I put the ring on Jason's finger and he became my husband. Greatest moment in my life in terms of human relationships. And when relationship is a product of love. You want to be identified with each other. You want to be connected with each other. There's no prouder thing for me than when someone introduces me as Jason's wife. Because I want to be connected to this man. But there is nothing more beautiful, more sacred in the whole of the world than we get to be identified with Jesus. Time And time again in his life, in his ministry, he identified with us when he didn't need to. He stepped down to the lowest of lowest places to identify with us because of his love for us, because of the relationship that he longed to have for us. And baptism is a small thing for us, a small way for us to identify with him. Why don't you stand?